What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Hello and welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we engage in life and culture without taking ourselves or others very seriously at all. And sometimes we get in trouble for that, and sometimes we don't. And it's it's nice when we don't, and it's expected when we do. I am Josh Loftus, one of your hosts. I am Jack Berry, said other host. Of What's up, this said other host? How are you, my man? <laughs> I'm okay. It's, we doing, uh, we, uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind of a weekend going into a Monday, a holiday Monday per se. Well, some of you, it's a holiday Monday. Others, it isn't. But Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Do, does anybody actually shut down for Columbus Day? Mm. Like, is that a, like, I feel like that's, that's one of those holidays where people are like, oh yeah, I guess that's a thing. Because <laughs> that was yeah. me today in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, I know the federal government's kind of like that and state government's like that too. Yeah. Uh, There's been like, I mean like colleges and stuff like that, more like state agencies, I guess, but sure. That's about it. So, well, Jack, one of us has had more of a whirlwind of a weekend than the other. Um, We, we have some breaking news on this podcast. Um, Some, some collusion with Russia Oh my god. On this podcast, Russia has I, been colluded with. I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even begin to say uh-huh, that uh-huh, to be quite honest uh-huh. in my personal Jack, life. Jack, what am I talking about right here? So, I I did get engaged over this uh, uh whenever you will listen to this podcast, I got engaged on Saturday the 10th of yeah, October. Yeah, baby. Congratulations, so. my co-host engaged to be wed. Yeah, we're trying to shoot for December seventeenth, and we have whoa, our yeah, we have our church. So we met with Wait, our. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Of this year? Yes, of this year. Holy smokes, yeah. dude! Okay. We ain't wasting no time, son. Good um, gracious! All right. So yeah, we're gonna. We already booked our church. There is gonna be COVID restrictions. Oh yeah. And so right now, I think we're only allowed thirty people at our at our ceremony plus oh, man. and our reception. So I don't think we're going to go into phase three anytime soon. Phase three would allow fifty people, but right, yeah. As of this time, we've been there's been some stress in that and kind of like kind of lamenting over some dreams of what our wedding day would be versus what it's going to be. But sure, um, sure. I think at the end of the day, we kind of talked about it. It's like well, what do we really want at the end of the day? It's like, well, we both really want each other and one of our pastors um, basically basically making a covenant before God in that way. And so, yeah, it'll be, uh, yeah, we're going into hyperspace right now. So we've already went through a lot of the premarital stuff, actually, when we were doing, especially like pre-engagement counseling. And so now that's kind of like a, this next uh, couple, I think, going into the end of this month and then the beginning of next month, it'll be 
some very intense sessions, so to say, with our uh, with the couple that's mentoring us. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, yeah. Well, dude, that It'll is be interesting. That's super that. cool. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I do need to explain a little bit. Our listeners are probably like, well, what, what the heck does collusion with Russia have to do with any of this? Yeah. She's Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear, she's yeah. Russian. Yeah. <laughs> she, came, she came over to the States when she was, I believe, four years That's old. Right. So, yeah, she's, she's Russian and she, she'll, she was, She'll talk your ear off on the tulip. That's for sure. Dude, so, dude, um, that's awesome. That's but awesome. Yeah. Anyways, it was good. Um, but yeah, she's definitely trying to adjust to the whole engagement ring thing. She keeps like messing with it all the time. And I'm like, please don't lose this. <laughs> don't lose it. Don't please lose don't it. Lose this. <laughs> don't lose it. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I feel like, I feel like we're going to understand each other's like, I don't want to say pain because it's really not pain, but you're going to be married to a Russian. I'm married to an Italian. So the, I, I want to say probably the, uh, what's, what's the right word? The stress levels of being <laughs> married. Feel the, I don't feel the same stress. She's going to, you're going to wake up with a horse head in your bed and you're going to realize, hmm, I've done something wrong that I haven't apologized for yet. <laughs> I don't fear that. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't fear you, that. You have okay. fear over that. Okay. I okay. I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just maybe it's just me. Is it not a natural thing to be worried about being being shanked by by your wife on a daily basis? Is this not Dude, is this not a real thing? Is yeah, just me? I don't I don't think that I think that's a that's a that's a Joshism or something. I'm gonna I don't have know what that to is. I'm gonna have to take a poll. Uh, we're gonna need we're gonna need a poll. How many husbands out there are worried about getting oh. shanked by their wife? Anyway, dude, uh, real talk. Congratulations! I'm super super happy for you. Um, I will say this: really awesome. yeah. there's some sort of. I think when we talk about like uh, posting something or somebody endorses your podcast or something like that, you get that little bump from yes. their endorsement or something like that. Yeah. I like put my in, like some of the just rent just some of the really. Like, I think it was uh, her ring on her hand that I was holding and then just a photo of us. Yeah. And man, Twitter blew up on that thing. Well, it's because like, they had, it's because you had her in the picture. You realize that, right? It's over, I, I guess. Yes. Um, yeah. Anytime I, anytime I post a picture um, with my wife in it, it blows up. Yeah. Just because my wife's pretty and- that's what social media is about, apparently. So, but yeah, no, dude, this it's really exciting. Um, I'm gonna have to figure out what we need to do for Jack's bachelor party. You know what, listeners? This is what I need you to do. I need oh, our God. listenership to get a hold of us. Send us messages. What should we do for Jack's bachelor party? Because we're gonna have to have one. Um, I need listener. Uh, I need some listener ideas that 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 uh, know what we're about listener on this podcast. Ideas. That's right, man. That's right. I can think of two reform- of right now. We don't need ideas. Oh being goodness, we're gonna have a reformatory <laughs> a reformatory bachelor party. It's gonna be amazing. Oh goodness. All right. Well, we should probably actually talk about something to do with the local church um, and not yeah. just Jack's uh, Jack's future future wedding plans. Um, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but Jack, do we have a day today? Yes, we do have a day. You know what that day is today, Josh? I'm Lay it on me, baby. Josh, happy National Kick Butt Day. Kick Butt Day? 
Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. dude. You know what we about to do on this podcast? We, we about, about to, to shoot the thrill. <laughs> That's what we about to do. <laughs> shoot the thrill day is something different. That's a different day. National kick butt day. Okay, well, that's, this, I guess that's applicable in pretty much anything. This day is a day to give yourself a kick in the, in the seat of the pants, I so see. to say. Okay. So it's basically like they want to like say that it's some sort of motivational day. And it's oh, just like not not kick someone else's butt day. No, 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 no. Oh, it's see, like, that's exactly where my my mind went. Like, okay, well, I gotta go kick someone's butt then. <laughs> no, in, no, no, in, in no, something. No, <laughs> okay. uh, this is like a motive. It's like national. Like you need a kick in the butt. You know that oh, expression? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's so, that kind of kick in the butt. Not. So, I'm gonna whip you. Kick in the butt. You know? oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, growing up in Tenasket, I I didn't really. That's that. Obviously, the first thing my mind my mind went to but oh, what you're okay. saying is today is not the day to when i go out on a date with my wife tonight to break my diet is what you're saying yeah basically today's basically, the day that holds you should strong. be you should be more or less along the lines of like no i must make you know i must eat i must go vegan today if anything. oh goodness okay yeah. well that's that's more just like yeah that's a different day that's a different day <laughs> i'm on this no sugar thing for October, oh, yeah. my brother, uh, my brother, who's in much better shape than I am, uh, called me up. He's like, all right, Josh, we're doing no sugar for October. I'm like, yeah, maybe you are. And he's like, no, no, you're doing it with me. It was a command. And my brother, although he is the youngest brother and I'm old, I'm way older than him. He's taller than me and uh, and and he's a better wrestler. So I kind of just do what he says. So I'm doing no sugar for October. So uh, there'll be no sugar. Yeah, that's intense. I mean, we, I mean, there's been a lot of people who are like throwing around those different options. And it's just like, Hey, I will say this, it's soup weather and I love me some soup. So you can, you can have no sugar soup all day. There you go. Well, there you go. It's, it is, it's also flannel weather, but apparently I can't eat my flannel. So no, 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 no. Uh, Well, Jack, you know, something that we can do is talk about reformed theology and its (laughs) applicability to the church. Is that a word? Uh, Applicability. 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 It's a big um, Feels like that meme with Winnie the Pooh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, thought man. what would be a cool, a cool little, um, a cool little offshoot app uh, as we're getting ready to jump into some more series here is to talk about how we became reformed in our yeah. theology. Um, yeah. If you're wondering, if you're listening to this app and you're wondering what reformed theology is, we've already done an entire long series on what is reformed theology, head back into the archives and listen to those. Um, We'll be using the term reformed, Calvinistic, confessional, Mm -hmm. covenantal, things like that kind of interchangeably. But I thought it would be a cool, a cool app just kind of talk about how that happened in our lives. And then also how do we see the reformed theology that we have as being important and applicable to the local church? Yeah. Right. So do you want to do you want to start us off or, sure. or yeah okay all right let's do yeah, it yeah i mean um i would say it wasn't until about when i got out of the military which was 2015 where i really started to dig into my faith uh for most of that time i had gone to oh boy uh i'd gone to certain specific churches that i would say were calvinistic that I could trust, but I really didn't dig too much deep into theology. 
I was more focused on the community that I had with those believers uh, within those certain congregations. So I didn't really focus on that maybe until, like I said, until I was out of the military, it was 2015. Uh, I was back in central Washington area from moving over there and um, moving over from the Tacoma area back over to central Washington, Ellensburg area. And so, uh, yeah, I started to uh, listen more to um, James White, I think when his, I think when he was a little bit less Kate, <laughs> I think James he's White, just, he's your favorite, man. He's, he's your favorite. I'd, I will say this at the time, five years ago, he was really great. He was doing stuff with like, he put up the, you know, the Greek and then the English translation and he'd walk through some scripture. That was really great. And that was really good. And then, as of recently, it's kind of been like ate too much cuckoo for cocoa puffs or something. Um, so who can I get I, mad? You know, you know, you know what? You know what he's saying? He's turned into the reformed Rush Limbaugh. Is what he's, what he's turned into. Which again, you know, not to say everything Rush Limbaugh does is bad or wrong. Yeah. It's just sometimes, you know, it comes out a little spicy. Yeah. So Anyway, I, I listened to some of his stuff, and then I think that was the time actually when Jimmy and Joe started Doctrine Devotion. And so I was really, uh, and I remember their episodes would come out on YouTube. Yeah. I don't think they were out on Apple Music or the Apple uh, Podcast app yet, but they were on YouTube. They would, re- they would record, and man, it was rough. It yeah. was, those first those first few episodes were rough, but... Jimmy and Joe started coming out with, and I'm like, man, I'm definitely not Presbyterian. So what, what does it mean to be Baptist and, and being a monergistic Baptist? And so Jimmy and Joe were kind of there to usher me through that in a sense. And so, so I was, I have yeah. to ask you when you first started listening to Doc and Devo, cause I, I had, I had this experience also uh-huh. when you first started listening to Doc and Devo right at the beginning, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, you know, these guys are pretty cool. Did you have a completely opposite idea in your head of what they looked like based off their voices? <laughs> uh, I remember following Joe Thorne on Instagram. Okay. Before, right. and so I was following him. I know that he would post pictures of Jimmy, and I'd be like, who in the heck is this guy? <laughs> and I'd be like, who is this guy? And it's because Joe would like superimpose Jimmy's like head on yeah. like these different yeah, things yeah, yeah. when like Jimmy would be like, oh, or like some sort of face. And I'd be like, what is going on here? And so, yeah, um, I knew Joe was going to be kind of dwarfish per se. I don't know <laughs> well, of his appearance. To me, so. to me, it was like, I was listening to these two guys. I'm like, okay, here are these two Southern, ba- you know, two pastors in the Southern Baptist convention talking about reform theology. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I just had a stereotypical idea of what they would be in my head. And yes, it did involve, tucked in like denim shirt with jeans um, and a belt. I never got that right? vibe from them. But then I see a picture of Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler. I'm like, holy smokes. They are completely the opposite of what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never got that vibe from them. So, I mean, but yet again, I was following Joe Thorne on Instagram and I was seeing like at that point, like I was smoking cigars and stuff like that as sure. well. I was getting back into kind of more, um snobbish reform dumb snobbish <laughs> cigar uh connoisseur huge snob. so yeah and so i was getting back into that and so 
I was just kind of looking at Joe's Instagram as kind of like a referral page to one sense, but he's kind of a one trick pony when it comes to cigars. He's not a connoisseur. He just smokes new worlds all day. I love and thinks how, he's cool. how, how easy, yeah, easy. The word connoisseur comes off your lips when it's really, you're just, you're just a snob. That's what uh, snobs call themselves. I'm not snobbish. I'm, I'm a connoisseur. I'm a sommelier. I'm a sommelier. I'm a sommelier of cigardom here. That just spends you, that just means you spend way too much money. Like. <laughs> That's all that means. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, so anyway, started listening to Doc and Devo. Yeah, got you put on the put on the straight and narrow there of Reformed theology. But then I was also looking at a lot of. I think one part of it was the theological aspect of things. The other part was actually holding to a confession, and actually uh, being confessional. Mm-hmm. And I think the other part was actually joining a joining a church. That was kind of, I think at the time, definitely was Reformed Baptistically leaning. Um, but I don't think they would tell you that necessarily. Sure. But um, anyways, I, I joined a church that was that way. But, um, you know, I, I think our church right now has has flashes of and glimpses of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always room to grow. But uh, yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned how, how you, you started coming into this, uh, this idea that part of being reformed means to be confessional, right? Yeah. And sure. meaning that, that, you know, part of the being confessional is one third of what it means to be reformed, right? You uh-huh. have confessionalism, covenantalism, and then Calvinistic, obviously, uh-huh. right? We've already touched on that on the reformatory, but I remember my journey into true i'll say i'll say what it means to be truly reformed and again even that language would have would have just triggered the living daylights out of me a couple years ago because i was really of the belief that you know calvinism and reformedum are the exact same thing they're just two terms for for the same thing right and i was part of a very popular reformed facebook group that will go unnamed yes but, but anyone who knows of it uh knows yes. knows that of which i speak yes. um and in that group i think was the first time that i had interacted with you uh, okay. um, i think i think we interacted a little bit online yeah and and i remember seeing all of this kind of this barrage of you have to be confessional in order to be reformed and and I'll, I'll fully admit, I was majorly turned off yeah. by that. And it, it was a gut reaction to be like, nah, no, that's not what that means. Being reformed means to be Calvinistic. You can be confessional and covenantal and all that, but it doesn't, it doesn't make you reformed, right? That's just in my head what I was thinking. And I think it was, it did have to do with kind of how the, how the argument was presented, not the yeah. argument itself, right? Um, yeah. Which goes to pr- prove that, yes, tone is important. Uh-huh. It's very important when discussing truth. Um, but anyway, so I came into Calvinism uh, and kind of pre, pre-reformed them through R.C. Sproul, uh, mainly. Uh-huh. Um, he's kind of the main one that introduced me to the five solas, to Calvinism and things like that. I remember sitting down, I was like 14 years old, and our dad sitting us down in the living room and putting on the, the uh, Dust to Glory VHS tapes. 
Oh yeah. VHS day. Like oh, out of, remember yeah. those dude? Like, yes, like out of the eighties and here's oh, yeah. young RC with his like dress to the T looking fine. And he's got his chalkboard and he's up there like writing, like I can't read his handwriting, but it's just so amazing. Right. That was my first introduction to actual reform theology. Um, and then it wasn't until much later uh, that I really actually began to understand that, yes, to be reformed actually does require not only that you are Calvinistic, but also that you hold to a confession of faith. Yeah. And not only that, but also that you view the whole of Scripture through a covenantal lens. Yeah. Right. That the promises Absolutely. of God have always been for the purpose of showing Christ. Yeah. At, um, at, you know, at the end of the day. So I remember, I remember that. And I remember some, some interaction. I don't know if it was specific interactions, but we, we've talked about this before when we first like interact and, and I don't think it was mutual. I don't think you knew me from Adam, but I remember coming away from some of those interactions. like this Jack dude, I don't like this Jack dude. <laughs> oh yeah. I did not like you. And Josh really, it, Josh really had a, had a, had a vex, a vexing nature I did. towards me, I guess. I really did. And I, and, <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, is like, I don't even think it was anything that you did. I think it was just like you, I know I was, I, okay. Am I sharing too much here? Like no, I used to okay. be, I used to be so petty, so <laughs> petty. You think I'm petty now, man. If you knew me like five or six years ago. Um, no. And I remember just coming away from these interactions. Like who is this guy saying like, you have to be confessional in order to be reformed. Like he's just this, this snobby, like reformed connoisseur. That's probably what he calls himself. He really calls himself a connoisseur all the time. <laughs> I definitely did not say that. I was cagey, but I was not connoisseurish. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So, so was cagey. It, it's good to know you might've been a little cagey, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember, uh, I remember that kind of transition to where I started I think reading and listening to some sermons and some lectures and just some, some, I, I think it was actually more kind of by osmosis, if anything, is being around confessional reformed Baptists. Um, yeah. And, and again, yeah, I think it was, it was very, very much to kind of your point through the ministry of, of Doc and Devo as well um, that I really began to say like, okay, maybe there's is something to this, this reform theology that's a little wider than I'm, than I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just kind of where it happened for me. And I want to say that that kind of popped in, I don't know, four, four years ago, five years ago, it hasn't been too long, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, yeah. And, and then, then look at that. We're, we're co-hosts on a podcast now vexation over. Yep. <laughs> Reconciliation, y'all. Look at what the gospel does, people. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. There's no reason we should be talking right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think too, um, looking at even I think what's even helped me a lot too is just learning from different people that come from uh different, I would say, uh flavors of reformedom, maybe. I know that us as Reformed Baptists get the get basically trounced on all the time of like, you ain't reformed. You don't confess this. Yeah, it's true. And it's just like, 
That's true. Whatever. Um, But then it's like, but then I do, I do learn a lot from like our Dutch reform brothers or Presbyterian brothers or even um, some Anglican folk. Oh, Um, no. Some oh, Anglican no. folks. No, no, Anglicans. no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I can, I've, I've appreciated a lot of different folks and different flavors of, you know, Reformed theology and where they come from. And um, yeah, I always get, I, I definitely get the man. I think I get it once a week, at least of just like, somebody who i know on instagram or something like that is like baptize your babies or something like that i'm like uh, nah son I i'm know. good <laughs> so so the question arises obviously like why why are we reformed obviously we we talked about how it happened but but yeah. the the theological reasons or the theological implications of why we are reformed i think have some very uh what do you say have have some very important ramifications as to how we live our lives right mm-hmm. um our doctrine what we think about god uh tomorrow i think it was what what i think i think it was aw tozer you know what what you what you think about god is the most important thing about you right so reformed theology is has god's glory as its center right so what we think about god and how we process that is extremely important for you and for me and for any Christian. So why, what are the, what are the theological reasons that you would say you are reformed? Of course, with the caveat, I'm reformed because yes, God made me that way. It's the classic reformed answer. Yes. Okay. We got that out of the way. Yeah. Why are you reformed? Yeah, I would say I, I'm reformed, um, especially kind of more 1689 Federalist, um, because I see a particular narrative in scripture and in church history going towards um, confessionalism and having, um, I think it happens in the Reformation, obviously a little bit more microscoped and spotlighted of what we know as monergism and how we view God. But you can see it in the early church a lot too. And I think people don't give credence to that. Um, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, the early church is just messed up and whatever. But man, you look back at a lot of those documents and you can see a lot of stuff that we talk about in Reformed theology today and a lot of kind of tenets even within the five solas as well too back then. You have to dig for it and you have to look it out and you got to, you know, seek it and and find it. But yeah, I think that that's, um, monergism is definitely uh, a main, I think, overview and narrative within church history. And, uh, I think always too, the biggest thing is, is talking about, uh, the God that we worship is, is not this kind of, um, you know, I guess a uh, game show host where he's like, you could pick this or this. <laughs> Come on um, down. <laughs> yeah. I think we have a particular way of looking at the atonement. And, um, and when I, when I look at the atonement from a kind of a more reformed perspective, it is more, I think, uh, Trinitarian in nature versus I think other forms of theology kind of chop up the Trinity as like, um, 
I'm trying to remember. It's like a tritheism almost, mm-hmm. but there's different elements to, to reform theology that I found very refreshing and like have answered my questions a lot. And especially even how reformed theologians uh, kind of answered really hard questions in regards to freedom and liberty that sure, uh, sure. have been really spotlighted throughout history. So I definitely see it um, throughout the narrative of church history and it may have lingered a little bit and then have kind of eclipsed in certain areas and kind of is, is kind of plateaued in a sense in a way, but I've seen monergism uh, throughout the whole of, I mean, you can see that throughout the whole of scripture and then as well as into how it plays out in the church, the church history. So, I mean, that's really, it, it kind of spotlights, man, I really need to be dependent. I, I can't function in and of myself through my own power. I need to lean heavily on uh, the power of God through the Holy Spirit and then also resting in the fact that um, that God is sovereign. And so, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think that's that's one of the big things for me is I I am reformed because I believe that the reformed theology is the is the way of looking at Scripture mm-hmm. that gives God the most glory. Sure. Because God God is here to bring Himself glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is what he does all things work together for his own glory and reformed theology you know the the doctrine of of man the doctrine of total depravity the doctrine of god's sovereignty and election uh, and predestination and uh you know the the way that he works out justification through through the act of obedience of christ the way that he sustains our salvation through his power and 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 sanctification the process of becoming made more like jesus is sustained through the through the blood of christ all to ultimate all to bring you know this 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 culminating glorification where we are finally reunited with god as we were before adam uh free of sin it's just this the entirety of scripture the entirety of reformed theology is shaped to point all of the glory for all of it to God, mm-hmm. right? And I think that is something, especially in our society today with churches that are very, we have, we have a lot of consumeristic churches out there for sure. We have a lot of churches that are, that are trying to wield the, the self-help uh, mantra that you have it within yourself to to get better oh, yeah. or 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 to please God, um, you have it within yourself to 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 be all that you need. Uh, Reformed theology says no, no, you're you're dead, you're you're totally yeah. without ability, and yeah. that's the point. You you need an outside source to take care of that for you, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then you know, obviously, getting into confessionalism. I think we see the need for a church to have a confession today is more important than ever. As we yeah. see churches that are like going sure. all over the place in terms of, of doctrine, in terms of uh, how, how to, in terms of what, what to believe and how to apply it. Having a solid reformed confession is so important. That has been time tested through history. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we can point to and be like, no, no, this is, you know, obviously it's not to the level of scripture, but it is, I think, a very good uh, explanation of Scripture that I think it's good for churches to to unite around. Yeah. Um, 
so I think reformed theology has huge implications of uh, huge huge implications in in regards to the local church is just that when you look at the Bible through the lens of reformed theology, which is in my opinion just allowing the Bible to say what the Bible says. Yeah. Right. This isn't some magical uh, potion or some magical like spell that you cast over your eyes and oh look everything's clear now. Right. Uh, I truly believe the doctrine of you know the doctrines found in Reformed theology are true because they're they're simply in the Bible. Yeah. Right. That's that that's where they're found. Um, and it has huge implications for counseling, for preaching. Like your your counseling is going to be different if you believe mm-hmm. in the total depravity of man and the total sovereignty of God. Yeah, your preaching is going to be different if you believe that your people need to hear Christ in every sermon. Sure. Right? Yeah. Your your community is going to be different if you realize how important the gathering of believers truly is. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Th- through the lens of Reformed theology, those things become so much more clearer. Uh, not to say you can't get get to those things without being Reformed. We've we've talked about we've talked about that before. We're not saying people who don't believe in Reformed theology aren't saved or or yeah. aren't glorifying God. That's not what we're saying at all. Um, but what we are saying is that there's a meatiness. There it. is. There is. There is kind of like a. Um, it's it's I will a, say it's that, a yeah. deeper magic to use to use <laughs> C.S. Lewis terms. Yes. Um, yeah. There is. There is a meatiness to Reformed theology, and I think, I think that's kind of what some people are looking for in their lives as well. They don't want to be cliche like. Needless to say, some of uh, big mega churches um, will give cliches about God and try yeah. to simplify God. And I think there's, okay, like, I get it, but like, try and make God grand. I think that's what Reformed theology is doing, is basically mm-hmm. trying to blow your mind of how, uh, what Paul is talking about too, where he's like, you know, how, look at the depths and the glory and the majesty of who God is. Right. And I think uh, that really helps out in times of, uh, you know, sorrow and suffering as well, too. Um, so, yeah, I think that there is a neediness, so to say, about Reformed theology versus maybe some other theological camps in where you're not going to find maybe a robustness or maybe there's going to be this kind of, I don't know, confusion per se. So I don't know. That's well, just that's just what I've experienced. Yeah. No. I, I I completely agree. I think I think where that comes from is that it is it's reformed theology is so Christ centric, right? And it, I mean, it it really does have like how how it has God's glory and making you know, but to use your language, making God grand or showing showing the the reader or the hearer how grand God truly is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it, it has that as one of its main, main um, objectives. And I yeah. think it does it very, very well because mm-hmm. it really does take us out of the spotlight and point the spotlight exactly where scripture says it should be pointing. And that's God's glory and God's purpose. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I have found that reformed theology does that the best. And, and that's why we're here. Right. We want to be able to be using the tools that are going to make 
that are going to be best for our job, right? Mm-hmm. And our job is to make disciples of all nations, to go out and make disciples, right? And I want to be able to use the tools at my disposal that God has given me in order to fulfill that commission, right? Yeah. And reform theology gives you the reasons. It gives you the the it gives you the tools. It gives you it gives you the confidence to know that what you're doing is not being returned void. Yeah. That God is sovereign. God is working in that. And you can trust in the sufficiency of the word. Mm-hmm. You can trust in God's sovereignty. And that affects everything in your life. Yeah. Right. Especially in the context of the local church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why we're reformed. And I think that's, that's, yeah. that's, we see it. I mean, obviously we could go on for hours and hours and hours, but, but we want, we want ourselves and then ergo our churches to come into a greater knowledge of who God is mm-hmm. so that we can better understand who we are in relation to that and how we should be interacting with, uh, you know, obviously ourselves and our spouses, our families, our friends, people in our work, people in our churches. Cause if we're going to make our local church, one of the most important things about us, it's good to understand kind of how that works yeah. <laughs> and why that's important um, yeah. and the troubles that we're going to run into and the joys that are there. And all of that comes from a deep understanding of who God is through the reading of the word, through the interpretation uh, of, of, of the Holy spirit in our lives. Right. So that's, that's why I'm reformed. And I think, I think it's an, I think it's a very worthwhile endeavor to, to pursue for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, I guess. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So that's all we got. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to quit while we're, we're going to quit while we are ahead. We're not going to put our foot in our mouth right now. No, we've never and... done that. We've never done that. <laughs> never done that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Uh, well, dude, I think um, I'm looking forward to some of these series that we got coming. If you listeners yeah. stick with us, we've got some, uh, we've got some, some hot, some hot topics in the oven. Is that the right term? Let's, I don't think, let's just not let's, go to hot topic. Hot topic. How about that? Dude, a reformatory, a hot topic reformatory line. What would that look uh, like? That, that would oh be like, gosh. it would be flannel, of course. <laughs> I'm just trying but, to imagine certain personalities within like, emoism or punk yes. emo punk and yes. like i don't know <laughs> when i was an arminian my father took me to the city oh my to goodness a man named sprawl <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh, dude yes can we get a reformatory emo line I mean, we're kind of no. emo, are we? I see. I really no. don't. I, I feel like we're trying to shove a square peg into a circle hole. There. Can't I don't do think, that. I don't think we're definitely think not emo. I think we've passed that. We've passed that. That ship has sailed in our lives. I feel lives. like Daniel tried to went. You know, back in the Daniel days, I think he he tried to give us like a. I don't want to say it's a punk rock kind of feel, like just kind of with the. I, yeah, I don't know if that works either. I don't know what our aesthetic is. Just so long as it's not lumberjack. I don't want to be lum- I don't want to be the classic hipster reformed lumberjack dude even though I am I am in the you give off all of those vibes I do not I do not you know that's not true take it back uh, no if anything we could go for the uh, the reformed like motorcycle 
gang. Like, you know, we both got beards. <laughs> just get we just need some leathers, and then we obviously need motorcycles. I we could get no. like the Mark Dude, we could get the Mark Driscoll biker boots. No. The Mark no. Driscoll biker boots. No, 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 no. I hey, yes. I already heard I already heard Dark Crystal's name one time today, and I'm hey. just like, nope. Hey. I Nope, say what you want. Say what you want I about the man. Do it. The man's got flair. Oh. The man's got flair. The, the man's got style. The man, no, the man, the man shops from Ed Hardy and Affliction Lines. That's not flair or style. <laughs> Let's be honest about he's that, that. He's that fifty-year-old guy that's in that's in the Zoomies store. At, oh in the my mall. gosh, dude! Right across God, from GameStop. <laughs> oh my god! Go get the new, go get the new Halo game. Here it's pretty, pretty lit. <laughs> okay all right well we're (laughs) we said we weren't gonna put our foot in our mouths and look what we did we kept talking see what happens when we keep talking (laughs) it's over oh Jax, please (laughs) please just tell us tell them where we can find us do your job do your job (laughs) friends uh countrymen reformed folk you can find us on the sociables if you will at the tweaker the facebook and the instantgram all at Reformatory Instagram Pod, light. Instagram Light. Uh, and so you can find us on those avenues of sociables. And then also, uh, Josh, you can tell them more about our Patreon. Guys, we we have a Patreon. We do. We've lost some patrons. Not going to lie. We're going to roll back the, the curtain a little bit. Not going to say it's because of Jack. I'm not going to say that. But the patrons are. <laughs> Ouch. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Very it's a joke. Ouch. Joke. Joke, Jack. We we lost him on the floor. But anyway, if you would consider joining us here at the Reformatory Pod and uh, for the cost of one Starbucks coffee a month. One a month. Like one grande a month. One pumpkin spice latte a month. You too can become a Patreon and have your name hallowed through these podcast holes. Hallowed. Hallowed. So please consider supporting us in that ministry. We greatly appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. If you're still listening to this, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank There's you a giveaway, y'all. There dude, is a the giveaway, giveaway so, going on right now. Well, dude, it, it's already been announced. When this podcast oh, yeah. drops the same day, um, our winner shall be announced. So head on over to all Ooh. the sociables. We will tag the winner in the comments. Congratulations, whoever he or she is. We thank you all for listening. We will catch you on the next app of the Reformatory. Mm-hmm.